Mike Evans appealed his suspension on Tuesday. We talk about the suspension and whether or not we think it is going to get overturned. Then we're going to turn the page and take our first look at the Buccaneers' home opener against the Green Bay Packers. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, joined by my Wednesday partner in crime, Mr. Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay. Of course, you can check out everything he's doing over at 10 Tampa Bay and 10tampabay.com. Check out my work over at SBNationsBucksNation.com. And of course, make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at Eklosky WTSP. We thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. So, a lot of things have happened since the last time I was on the show. I missed out on uh, on yesterday's episode when the suspension of Mike Evans was handed down. Uh, and, of course, plenty for Evan and I to discuss on this one, including the fact that I was right, you were wrong, the Bucks beat the Saints, nanny nanny boo-boo. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, look, now I can, I can now uh, officially start picking the Bucks again. Uh, when they when they play the Saints, that's yeah. uh, it, that's good to know. Good to it's know. A, it's a win for us all, Evan. Let's, look, look, I um, I, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm cool. With it. <laughs> like you said, you would rather be wrong picking them to lose than wrong picking them to win. It that just it works yeah, out look, for everyone. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You're not gonna fool me a third time. They proved it. And in December, we'll loop back around and I can actually judge that game uh, with my gut and go with it uh, versus having to, you know, content to my promise, which is uh, me picking the Saints every time until they lose. So, you know, hey, we got that. Of course, that'll probably uh, be the game that will set up the celebrity boxing match between Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. So that's the point we've reached. But Mike Evans appealed his suspension uh, on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. That appeal was heard as expected by James Thrash, uh, given that the other appeals uh, officer is Derek Brooks, a little too close to the situation. Darn. Even, even though the suspension was handed down by a guy whose kid plays for the Packers. Uh, anyway, uh, the NFL is not anticipating a ruling on this appeal until Wednesday at the earliest. But first and foremost, Evan, again, I have not gotten the opportunity to kind of react to this suspension, but I'm going to I'm going to kick it over to you first. Was the suspension warranted for Mike Evans? Uh, probably. I mean, you know, we're going to see a bunch of people um, trying to make the case and uh, the contradictions of the NFL of previous um I mean, look, everything in the NFL is a contradiction, right? Any any disciplinary action, punishment, we can always find something where they look the other way. They didn't rule as harshly, um, so on and so forth. 
but he's a repeat offender and he literally did this in 2017 in to the same exact player in the same exact building the only difference is he didn't really pounce on Lattimore and start throwing a punch like he did the first time in 2017 he just gave him a good old shove so I don't know I'm, I'm very curious I mean I, I Evans didn't expect his suspension I thought it was definitely you know a possibility but um it's it's just interesting that the NFL is okay if the two people fighting are the ones causing the ruckus that seems to be like okay we won't suspend you for a game but if you're somebody who's not in the heat of the moment or or involved in a scuffle and you come in to the situation and insert yourself into it then they have a problem with it Uh, the one thing i really can argue is that i don't think that brawl happens if mike evans doesn't escalate it though um maybe lenny and, and marshawn do it right like maybe it's Maybe it's Lenny who who throws him to the ground. Who knows? Mike acted so quickly. So it's it's a it's a really gray area. It really is. It, it really is. And and I I would lean as unbiased as possible. I would lean more towards it was warranted. But here's my problem with it. And and it was the reasoning in the letter that was said, the reasoning by Runyon in the letter that was sent to Mike Evans, where he said, and I know David read this on the episode yesterday, but I'm going to read it again real fast. Quote, after a play had ended, you were walking towards your sidelines. When you noticed your teammates engaged in a confrontation with a Saints player, you ran toward that area on the field and violently threw your body into and struck an unsuspecting opponent who was part of that confrontation. You knocked your opponent to the ground and a melee ensued involving players from both teams. Your aggressive conduct could have caused serious injury to your opponent and clearly does not reflect the high standards of sportsmanship expected of a professional, end quote. Here's my problem. Um, and people can call me a hater all they want because I hate the Buckeyes and I hate the Saints, so obviously I hate Marshawn Lattimore. Um, but here's my issue. He talks specifically in, in this notation, you were headed to your sideline. So was Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore had mouthed off to Bruce Arians. He mouthed off to Brady while he was walking to his sideline. Brady said something, and Marshawn made a U-turn and went straight towards Tom Brady. That's what got Leonard Fournette involved, who then gave him a little shove back, like, hey, you need to back off. Marshawn pops Lenny in the face. Then Mike Evans comes in. So if Marshawn Lattimore continued to his sideline, again, none of this happened. So if you're going to point out the fact that Evans was heading to his sideline and turned around to come at Marshawn, then you also need to point out the fact that Marshawn was headed to his sideline and made a U-turn to go towards the quarterback of the opposing team. I mean, Brady Brady also went to Marshawn, right? I mean, Brady could have just continued on. He was complaining to the ref. Brady's the one that pretty much turned to Marshawn and said, like, what are you going to effing do about it, right? I mean, like, he was just talking trash to him. Both of them were going in opposite directions mm-hmm. of their sidelines. So the fact of the matter is, is it's very clear that the NFL is okay, that if you are the people involved in the scuffle and the, the crap talking and all that stuff, that's okay. But if you're an outside party trying to protect a player, they don't want you to do that. There's something – that needs to be fixed in this whole explanation. But, um, you know, I, 
look, if you're gonna if you're gonna start disciplinary uh, disciplining every player who talks crap to another team and doesn't go immediately to the their sideline, I mean the suspensions are going to be endless. So there ha- like there has to be a defined line. And sure. I just want to know the distinction between why players who insert themselves into a situation and do something similar than a player who's in the situation, why are they given off? And then why are those players not? If it's, if it's a bad action and it's bad uh, sportsmanship and a bad reflection of the NFL, why is it okay for the two parties who are pissed off at each other to – cause a brawl with no repercussions, but then somebody from the outside who's trying to protect the player, that is worthy of a suspension. That is a contradiction. But again, as I said, nothing in the NFL, it's not one plus one equals two. It's all subjective when it comes to them. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, that's kind of my biggest thing. They were letting the receivers and corners go at it all day on Sunday, and they were letting a lot go. I'm cool with it. To me, the same thing applies here. If you're going to suspend one, you got to suspend both or don't suspend anyone and consider the ejection enough, throw around some fines, and let's keep it moving. So, Evan, the biggest question is, do you think this suspension gets overruled or are the Bucks going to be without Mike Evans on Sunday? Uh, it's probably going to stay. Uh, you know, I don't know how many times uh, a suspension is overruled. The only thing I would say that would maybe save Mike Evans is the fact that this is a premier matchup. Uh, I mean, one of the best on the slate. And maybe the NFL doesn't want to affect this contest, which is going to have a uh, a magnificent uh, correlation to the end of the season, right? So we believe that the Buccaneers and the Packers are going to be one, two, three in the NFC this year, right? I mean, factor in the Rams, the Eagles, whatever. I mean, you know, uh, the betting odds say that the Packers are three and the Bucks are one in the NFC right now. So regardless, I mean, this is the buy is on the line this early, potentially, and you're going to insert yourself into a suspension and really screw over the Buccaneers in a game that's going to create a ripple effect. Um, that is the one thing that could maybe save Mike Evans is that the league will try to figure out another way to discipline him in an extraordinary fashion to prove a point while keeping him in on the field to make sure it does not um, affect uh, the future of this playoff situation and the, you know, the importance of this game. So, but again, I, I just, I, I don't see many appeals getting overturned. Sure. So I, I just I hold out hope. Nothing's official, but I just don't want people to get, you know, super don't, like, oh, well, maybe it gets overturned today. Like, you know, I, I'd say it's a slim probability. It's not zero. Uh, certainly not zero. But, you know, it's, it's definitely not above 50 percent. So hope for the best and prepare for the worst is, correct. Uh, is the right way to approach this. But we're going to get more into that matchup with the Packers coming up in just a moment. But first, as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. 
Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every day. And it's time to turn the page and take our first look at the matchup against the Green Bay Packers. We are three weeks into the NFL season, and the Buccaneers are finally going to play a home game. It's going to be a hyped-up crowd. It's going to be a lot of excitement. It's the game of the week on Fox, which used to mean Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Now it means... uh, Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Carlson. It, it was last week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bucks fans have nightmares of, of what Greg Olson used to do as a Carolina Panther to them. But I think he's starting to, he's starting to hit a stride in the booth. I've enjoyed watching Greg Olson call some games, but let's talk about what's going to be happening on the field. Buccaneers, of course, are two and oh, coming off a huge division win. The Packers are now one and one, coming off their own division win. But it was against the Chicago Bears, and we know how the Packers are against the Bears. I think Justin Fields has like 28 pass attempts on the season. Joe Flacco's in New York with 106 pass attempts on the season already. Uh, so you don't want to read too much into the thrashing they took in week one. At the same time, you probably don't want to read too much into the thrashing they handed out in week two. Weapons appear to be a problem for Tom Brady. Christian Watson, trouble hanging on to the football. Alan Lazard just played his first game last week. You have Sammy Watkins out there who's a boom-bust guy. You have very, very old Randall Cobb. I'm pretty sure he's better than Tom Brady. (laughs) There's there's many, many levels to Randall Cobb, and now we've hit very, very old Randall Cobb. I mean, he's been in the league since 1994. At least. Hard to say that when when we're locked on bucks over here and Tom Brady's on the roster. Tom Brady still looks 30. Randall Cobb looks like he's 57. But anyway, I digress. Um, what is your take on, on the Green Bay Packers through two weeks and kind of the, similar to the Bucks, kind of the offensive struggles that we've seen out of that team? Well, first and foremost, right, let's go to that one Packers loss. How, how did they lose that game? There was a guy named Justin Jefferson who absolutely torched Green Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay does not have Justin Jefferson. Uh, Mike Evans would have been nice. That would have mm-hmm. presented a challenge. With no Mike Evans, that's a big old issue. So what we have to first get on the table is that Green Bay and Tampa Bay, assuming that Mike Evans is off the field, have mediocre at best receiving options for their Hall of Fame first ballot quarterbacks, right? So both offenses are one-dimensional in a sense. They both want to run the ball. We love Leonard Fournette. I didn't like the fact that after the game he said he was running on one leg. Not good, but let's hope that uh, he's fighting through it. 
Uh, on the other side, I love what Green Bay does with uh, Dylan and Jones. And it is death by a thousand paper cuts, right? They are going to run the ball. They know that you know they're going to run the ball. And then they just give you variations of that. So they're going to run, play action. Everything is quick. I mean, they are just – Rodgers is firing off the football. It's why he doesn't have many interceptions in a season because he right. doesn't really present a situation where he's going to make a mistake. The Packers' offense doesn't really put him in that position. So you're going to see a lot of Jones and Dylan. Now, normally, I would say that plays right into Tampa Bay's favor. And it still does. Don't get me wrong. But the Buccaneers' rushing defense – Gave up 100 yards last week to the tandem of Mark Ingram and uh, what uh, Tony Jones Jr. That not you know the stoutest of of RB combos that we've ever seen, and they were picking up success. Uh, so you know that has to be part of it. What we're going to see here are both teams trying to wait their time for the other team to make a mistake. I think that is this game. It is just going to be punch after punch, winning in the trenches, lots of punts, lots of setting up plays for down the line. And, you know, for the Packers, they're going to have two or three opportunities where they get man-to-man coverage and a guy like Christian Watson is going to be let loose for a deep ball. And Aaron Rodgers is going to have to connect on those plays. They're only going to get a couple of them, right? Jameis Winston had Chris Olave two or three times in that game against the Saints did not connect. Then they went to the well a little too much. And then when finally Jameis put it on target, that was the one time that Jamel Dean was all over it. So that's what I'm saying. Once you start doing that and, you know, the defense gets a feel for it, now you're creating a problem. And, you know, the Bucks defense is too good. They're going to catch on and they're going to make you pay. And we can point to Evans being the spark, but really that, uh, you know, the Jamel Dean pick kind of, got them going and that led to to a touchdown drive so um that's the the Packers side of things we know exactly what they're going to do I expect Bowles to present a lot of pressure I think Rodgers has been sacked seven times in two days uh their offensive line is is, is a little shaky so um that's that's what I expect from them from from the Buccaneers for better or for worse um they are going to run the football and Tom Brady was very conservative in that game against New Orleans. Absolutely. I think he had, watching the tape, I think he had a couple of chances where he could have pushed into a tighter window. And I think he elected to either, you know, eat the ball or throw down to a check down and just play it safe. Because I think he knows, it reminds me of like his last year in New England, by the way, of just him understanding that his defense is so good, he doesn't have to force things with a bunch of receivers who he doesn't necessarily 100% trust right now. Uh, he's missing He's missing a tight end threat. Doesn't have Godwin. Evans was out there for three quarters on a shadow situation. So um, with, with the Buccaneers, it's going to be defense has to win this game again. This yeah. is this is I'm sorry, guys. It's just, you know, I, I think the offense, if Byron Leftwich has anything in the tank that he's been saving, because, again, Sunday versus the Saints seemed like a very generic game plan. I didn't really see anything that wowed me or things that were too different. Um, this is the time to unleash it because you need to win this game. Honestly, I don't even care about the Chiefs game. It's an AFC matchup. It's going to matter much more to Kansas City. Uh, just Start off 3-0, get that NFC win against the Packers. That's a huge tiebreaker. And 
figure figure the rest out next week and you know whatever yeah and i i do think i realize it's early i do think julio plays in this game he was a game time I'm optimistic as well but i was optimistic yeah. last week too See, in last week, I was a little more towards he probably won't as we got later into the week. I think having that that extra time off, you will see Julio back out on the field. But if there's no Mike Evans, that makes Julio your your number one, your de facto number one. Rashad Perryman looked all right in, in spots. Russell Gage, his usage has been extremely frustrating. This is a guy who... You know, he was averaging 9.1 yards per per catch in Atlanta, and he can't get a, uh, a pass thrown his way that's more than five yards beyond the line of scrimmage. So as I had, had mentioned on Monday's episode, maybe some of that is still injury-related and they're not wanting to have him go full throttle yet. But I need to see why you went out and you paid Russell Gage all this money if this is going to be the reason that you use him. Um, Scotty Miller, rough game for him. Almost a couple of incredible catches, not all of the. And, and Scotty Miller could be gone ball. for Cole Beasley, for all we know. I mean, Cole right, Beasley, yeah. yeah if, exactly. he can, if he can insert himself very quickly into this offense, we could see Cole Beasley out there. And that would be, uh, you know, I don't know how much of the offense he can learn in five days, but he's a veteran. He, I'm sure he can pick up some. You know, I mean, and I don't know. If he, I mean, forty-three percent of snaps with Scotty Miller on Sunday, and you can probably ask something similar of of Beasley. You can come up, yeah. You can come up with a twenty-play Beasley package, uh, and uh, you know, I had texted my dad on uh, on Tuesday morning. I was like, "Well, Tom Brady woke up with a case of the Beasles, so here we go." Um, so yeah, plenty. It's amazing how similar. These two teams really are right now. Both of them have defenses, you know, outside of, of issues with Justin Jefferson, which Jair Alexander said that he went to the coaches and said that he wanted to shadow Jefferson, uh, and that didn't happen, and, and we kind of saw the result of that. But amazingly similar how these two teams are right now. You have the Hall of Fame quarterbacks, suspect, uh, you know, pass-catching weapons, leaning on their defense, leaning on their run game. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, but we're going to get your predictions for that game coming up in just a moment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, and it is prediction time. Per usual, I will be giving my predictions on the Friday episode with uh with david i'll give my score prediction on the crossover episode tomorrow but it's time for evan to give his predictions we're going to kick things off with the bold prediction how bold are we going this week evan uh, a cup of coffee bold uh just straight up nothing in it like just just, just give me the chalkiest coffee you got um honestly i want to say my bold prediction is that uh 
Brady and Rodgers are going to be irrelevant in this game that I think that they don't matter, which I mean, I like, I, like, is it sad that that's a bold prediction, but like we have, by the way, this is like the third time ever we have seven combined MVPs facing off in one game. Rodgers played Manning, Brady played Manning, Brady will now play Rodgers, and that's how that's going to happen. And I don't think the Hall of Fame quarterbacks, two of the greatest to ever play the position, are going to matter in this game. I, like, I feel like that is a fair, bold prediction, that they that we are not going to say, man, Rodgers won this game for Green Bay. Brady won this game for Green Bay. It's going to be either Fournette, Jones, Dylan, the defense, the Packers defense, whatever it might be. I just think that the quarterbacks do not matter. Irrelevant to me. You could put Blaine Gabbard in there, and I think we're going to find a, a fairly similar result. You can put Jordan Love in there for Green Bay, and I think we're going to find a fairly similar similar result. Uh, yeah. That is gonna that is gonna be my bold prediction uh, in that game, and obviously I'm exaggerating a little bit. I'm just saying that the quarterback in this game, I just feel like, is not a game changer. Yeah, we're not we're not seeing 303 tutties out of either of these guys. No, on, on Sunday. No, this is going to be both guys playing conservatively, picking their spots, and trying to let their defense get a turnover, flip the field. See, you know, it just, again, run the ball, play action, quick. quick I mean, your boy Russell Gage, quick plays to him, finding different ways, you know, end arounds, just, I mean, working within 10 yards, you know, just trying to go first down the first down here, not go deep or any of that. So that's sort of my, my bold prediction is we have a matchup for the ages. We rarely see this type of talent on the football field at the quarterback position together squaring off. And I just think it's going to be ultimately when we look at their numbers, a big dud. I'm like, yeah. The uh, the rematch in Raymond James for the NFC Championship will be far more interesting than the one this weekend. Um, Evan, who is your predictive player of the game? I'm going to go with Shaq Barrett. He has been phenomenal these first couple of weeks. I, I know that maybe the numbers aren't quite there uh, if you were to just look up stats, but he is getting pressure after pressure. We know what he did in the playoff game the last two times. These uh, the last two times. No, the last time these two teams squared off, excuse me, uh, Barrett dominated. And I just expect him to get after Aaron Rodgers. He loves performing when the stage is bright. And um, he's going to eat. I think, uh, you know, a couple of sacks, uh, maybe a forced fumble. So I, I, I just I love what he's been putting on tape. And this is a prime matchup for Barrett to get to the quarterback. All right, I I do love that pick, and and I'm probably going to lean defense on my uh, on my player of the game as well. And and Evan, you you called it a few weeks ago that we're going to be talking way more about the defense in the early part of the season than we will be the offense. So in this in this battle of the Hall of Fame quarterbacks that don't matter, give me Trask versus Love in in this one. Uh, what is your score prediction? I'm going to definitely get a little roasted for that exaggeration, but I think everyone understands my point. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, score, Bucks 20, Packers 16, in just a straight-up rock fight. I love I it. Want, I want to actually go lower, but I just don't – I just don't think, like, back-to-back -back weeks is going to be – I mean, that Saints game was such an arduous battle for, like, three and a half quarters. I'm just scared to go right back to the well of like a 
13-6 or something like that. So 2016 Buccaneers and get these get these boys a 3 and 0 with a big matchup coming up in week 4. Yeah, I love it. Um real quick over under Halloween. Gronk returns. He's not returning before Halloween. And Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving, let's talk. Okay, so Thanksgiving, Gronk, Christmas, Odell. Is that <laughs> is that kind of what we're looking at here? I, I, I mean, they just signed Beasley. I don't know how the money would work out, but you better believe that if they okay. need Odell, I, I would think that OBJ in a pinch would love to play with Brady in his final season. I, re- I really do. I just don't know what's out there, what's his motivation, what money he needs. So, But we saw the two embrace at the end of the Saints game. There is a relationship there. We know that. Well, he's he's rehabbing with Brady's trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean. Od- Odell, Odell prorated contract. Like, hey, come out here. Help us win a Super Bowl. Maybe you get that MVP that you missed out on in the game last year. Then you go cash in elsewhere in the offseason. I'm going to go retire. Mike and, and Chris still have the Bucks on on yeah. lock you know, at the receiver position. We just need you for like five weeks. Bucks will clear whatever money they got to clear out, a mortgage, more of the future, right? It's just racking up. They're just racking up debt. Look, they're having fun. Uh, you know, everyone's it's going to be the greatest party in the world and just worry about all the repercussions of spending for it after the night is over. Bucks fans will gladly take five years of salary dumps and basement dwelling to have won two championships in three years. Yes. With, With that, we are going to get out of here. Thank you again for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or view every day. Now make your second listen. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show, Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It is also free and available wherever you get your podcast. I will be back tomorrow on a crossover Thursday episode with Locked On Packers host Peter Bukowski. Going to have a good time with him. Peter's, Peter's locked. He's good. I like him a lot. Yeah. We'll uh we'll have a good time. We'll we'll poke some fun at, at one another, give each other a little grief, but we're going to break down the game before I reunite with David on Friday for all of our predictions. Of course, you can give us a call at 813-444-5841 or send us an email to lockdownbuckspodcast.gmail.com. Check out everything Evan is doing on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10tampabay.com. Check out my stuff at bucksnation.com. And of course, make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at Eklosky WTSP. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those cannons. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.